0: One of the family. The family. Dogs are a part of it and at the very heart of it. Nikki Campbell explores this wonderful world with the help of special guests and some other family members.
1: And welcome to One of the Family. We've got a World Cup winning rugby
0: player.
2: I'm on the phone talking about you, you handsome devil. And
0: a multi-award winning actress. He's so excited to see me. And it absolutely just lifts your heart. Right, what's the link
1: between the two of them? So I tell you, oh, yeah. oh. this is for those who are bone-again. People who thought they'd never have a dog in a million years, they'd never have a dog. And now they believe, on your sofa, on your bed, in your heart, forever. From Douglas to one of the family, their souls have been saved. But the rest of their shoes chewed to pieces. What do you think? What a start. Atmospheric, eh?
0: Oh, hurry up! It's not all about you! <laughs> that <sake>. <laughs> Are we still <laughs> recording?
1: I'm so confused. Is this real, is it not? <laughs> <laughs> Podcast <laughs> Inception. <laughs> <Literally>. Structured reality. <laughs> Two from the very top of the tree. Rebecca Front and Will Greenwood coming up. Rebecca Front is one of our great actors. Do you remember her role as the leader of the opposition in the scathing political satire, the thick of it? Well, she's dropped her opposition to having a dog in the family. And as for Will Greenwood, rugby legend. England. Lions. What a conversion.
2: So I grew up without any dogs. My mum and dad are not pet people, still not really uh, pet people. And then I met my wife in 1996 and it was pretty clear that, uh, as we started living together, not married yet, but it was only a matter of time before children and hounds arrived, strangely enough, when we, when we lost our first little boy, Freddie, was born at 23 weeks, uh, and was only alive for, for an hour, um, that was September 19, 2002. on the back of that, we fast forwarded the acquisition. Uh, of a dog and we got rufus and it was caro's bestest friend in a time when uh i can never remember who wrote it i think maybe Auden. stop all the clocks mm-hmm. silence the piano silence the dogs her dog our dog rufus basically saved her rescued her now we did we bought rufus and it but he's the only dog we've bought the rest we've all rescued strangely enough fast forward few years, every time I seemed to go on a lion's tour working with Skye, I would get a photo. If I was going to New Zealand, I would go via – one time we went via L.A., landed at L.A. I'd been gone nine hours, and I got a photo, and there she was with Beulah. So Beulah was number two to arrive, Um, then Bear, and now Maud. And they've all come – Beulah was rescued from uh, a stables, an unwanted dog. In the UK, then Bear was uh, discovered, rescued by Balkan underdogs. And we've maintained our relationship with Balkan, Balkan underdogs and charismatic managed to re a lot of dogs from the Balkans. Bear is uh, Balkan. And uh, finally, Maud, who's arrived recently, he was amazing for my daughter's autism. And in fact, uh, the schools have reopened today for Matilda as a special needs school and Matilda has taken Maud into school with her. So those are the four. Rufus moved down with Granny. Rufus, unfortunately, passed away last year. Uh, But we have three in the house uh, with us, and I expect probably to end up with about seven.
1: (laughs) Well, how old was Rufus, and what was it like for you and Caro when he he went?
2: Oh, um, Desperately sad. I mean, I... Yeah, I've, well, we've spoken about this before. I've sort of, and especially in relation, uh, I'm an I'm a northerner uh, who grew up with with a lot of love in the family, but it nef- wasn't necessarily expressed. And so I often find myself, I, I don't know what I'm actually saying here. That my my wife is the very emotional one in the family, and I can be very emotionally with passings or funerals or when I realise it's too late. But I often don't appreciate what's there. Uh, until it's gone. So I'd always assumed Rufus was, yeah, just a just a dog that lovely to have around. Until um, we didn't have Rufus around, and uh, I've grown to become so fond of my dogs, starting off from a basis of zero interest in dogs as a child. Whereas my wife is bereft if she's without the dogs for more than an hour i don't know if that i don't know if that's making sense we are my wife and i are so different in relation to animals and i have i have moved into her world of just can't comprehend coming home and not hearing the dogs and scuttling around the feet or taking them for a walk or finding them at the bottom of the bed
1: i think dogs lead us to animals in general because they're kind of halfway there halfway to the wild they give us a certain understanding of the animal kingdom but isn't it Interesting that you came from nothing, and then you were captivated and enchanted by these amazing sentient and emotional creatures.
2: Oh look! And and the strange thing is, if you ask my if my mum was on here now, she'd go wh- and said that will's going to have dogs when he was old. Though she would go, what are you talking about? I'm, I was terrified of dogs. I was bitten on my top lip by my auntie Jean's one of my auntie Jean's dogs, and I actually then remembered. When I visited Auntie Jean in Ravenstondale, uh, which is just near Sedba School, which is just near Kendall, she had firstly a dog called I can't remember which way around it, Bruno and then Tyson. And this was a huge dog, as you can imagine. And I had to I was sent out to the car to 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 get something from the back of the car from by my mother. And anyway, two hours later I hadn't come back and there I was I was actually on the roof of the car <laughs> with Tyson jogging round the car. Uh, I thought Tyson was going to eat me. Um, so I've come from this absolute fear of dogs, especially as a young child, to an acknowledgement that, especially around rescue dogs, you take nothing for granted and you have to earn their trust and you have to act slowly and calmly and you you go with sort of open palms um, and show everything and speak quietly and allow them to come to you almost. But, um, yeah, I mean, I've, in terms of 360 degrees, it's sort of 720 degrees. I don't know how many more degrees I can change from where I was to where I am now. i am going
1: to say Tyson isn't the most encouraging name.
2: Oh, I mean, it weighed in about 15 stone. And that, um, my other funny one about docs was uh, Mike Tyndall had uh, become a, started courting uh, Zara. And I was still his roommate at uh, Pennyhill Park. And I remember it like it was yesterday. She bought him a dog, but Tim, Mike had not told me. And at Pennyhill Park, you're allowed to take your dogs to the hotel or because it was Zara's dog, he'd got special dispensation, but he hadn't told me. And he was in the team room and I would arrived and I said, I'm just going to head up to the room and didn't tell me and of course he had another of these and I ex- excuse my ignorance because I can't remember the name or, or the breed of his dog basically they're the size of a horse and um, I walked in I walked in it was like Cujo coming to welcome me I was like what the heck is that uh, and he ate all my favourite shoes as Tyndall said no he'll be fine he won't eat anything you know Tindall owes me three pairs of Oliver Sweeney shoes because <laughs> his dog his beautiful dog ate all my shoes
1: you mentioned losing mm. Freddie, and then you lost your Auntie Jean recently yeah. to COVID. But dogs, in their in their small way, they do help us with stuff like that.
2: Emotional too. intelligence, Bear is uh, particularly... Bear was branded and beaten uh, when he was uh, a young pup, and he came over and he's, he's terrified of um, anyone who's carrying a stick. I mean, it can be a walking stick or anything, Um, he's slowly sort of coming into our world and assimilating and understanding. But when the postman comes, um, Bear is put away. Uh, We don't expect him to do any bad, but he's just just very wary of of visitors. So we're we're really cautious uh, with, with that. And so you'd expect a dog like that to almost in a sort of cartoon style be hard as nails and not give them numpties about what's going on in anyone else's world. But the second anyone in this family is remotely down or flat or uh, sad, there's absolutely one guaranteed response. Bear will be at your feet, uh, by your side, on your lap, nuzzled, just tucking in and sharing the pain. It's, It's an extraordinary sixth sense.
1: There's something very strange about it, something very powerful, but utterly magical. As well.
2: Oh yeah, absolutely. And I know um uh, that whenever I go away, when in the pre-COVID time, with with work, and actually when my when I retired from international rugby, my wife would thought she would see more of me. The reality is, then working in the television, you have to go two days in advance of the game and come back a day later. So you actually end up spending more time away than you did as a as a professional sportsman. Uh, and just to to know that. Uh, Beulah Bear and Maud, are looking after her, and she's become a little bit like the queen. Wherever she goes, these three dogs will appear and follow. Uh, is is very comforting for myself to know she's got her companions. the The thing is, they've completely replaced me now, and I know that in the case in the case of a fire uh, at, at my house, obviously the the children would, my wife would get the children, uh, then the dogs, uh, then the photos of the children, then the photos of the dogs. And then she'd wake me.
1: Even the touch of a dog, a dog that you love and a dog that loves you, you just have to touch the dog. And there's almost like an electrical charge of yeah. well-being.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, completely. And, and you know, I, I've often certainly, uh, as with all things in life, you have your mental stresses and strains through life. And, uh, you know, there's going to be bad days when the weather's not so good. And um, in terms of the, you know, your mental outlook, Um, uh, And there's two ways that I come back to my senses or come back to a bit of reality or go away and think one is I jump on a what bike and flog myself. But as I'm getting older, that's becoming a little bit harder. Uh, And two, I I find the dog leads and uh, rattle the, rattle the biscuits. They're ready to go. And a 25 minute, half an hour, 45 becomes a two hour walk. Um, and uh, strolling through Burning Beaches and places like that with with the hounds is, or on the beaches of Norfolk, is is yeah absolutely. You talk about electrical charge with the tactile feel of them, but also just just being around them and watching them sniff and run around and make new friends is is truly. I, I literally cannot understand how we didn't have dogs as a child.
1: Mm. Be on one of those walks with your dogs it's the most beautiful solitude it's solitude, but you're with friends,
2: yeah absolutely yeah um uh, yeah, sort of there's an oxymoron in there, isn't there there is uh yeah. company with solitude yeah 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 with the with the dogs it's, i think it's a freeing of the mind of uh and enjoying it goes back to the basics uh and you know where I live, I'm literally, I've just Turned round, and there's a we live next to a farm, it's not our farm, and there's a beautiful horse just approached the fence. And two of the dogs, uh, Bueller and Bear, have just run over to say hello. And, um, literally just looking at those guys interacting, uh, it's impossible to be angry or in a bad mood.
1: And our knowledge of dogs is as yet, our knowledge of all animals, I believe, is as yet so superficial. So finally, what would life be like without your dogs now? Uh,
2: I mean, it's difficult to put that into context. I mean, my my wife could not live without dogs, and uh, my journey has seen me to a stage where uh, I would find this house bereft, empty, without. My awesome hounds. One of them is allowed upstairs, uh, and that's Bear. And that came from a fireworks night a few years ago where just in a corner, couldn't cope, almost PTSD uh, from whatever may or may have happened when he was a young pup. Um, And he sits on, he's always on my side of the bed and without in any way being rude, he then goes to his side which is on uh, Caro's side of the bed, but uh, literally you can set your clock by at five o'clock every morning. He doesn't jump on Caro's side. He walks around the bed, jumps on my side, walks over my clackers to get in between us and wakes me up uh, at five o'clock in the morning. Anyway, uh, we will, if Caro and I maintain our love and marriage for the next 40 years and we get to 80, 85... The one guarantee is um, we will have our furry friends as companions along the way.
1: Will Greenwood. Makes me want to get a dog. Another one. One of the family. What would life in this house be like without Maxwell... And Misty and Maisie, what would it be like? Sorry? It'd
0: be boring. Why boring? Because we spend most of our life worrying about them (laughs) while you do. Uh,
1: What would it be like without them? You're stroking Maxwell.
0: Loveless. If Maxwell, if I was a fire and, you know, Maxwell was left in the house, I'd sacrifice myself to save him. Would you? hundred percent. Yeah, I would. I would leg it into the house and chuck him <laughs> out and die for him.
1: <laughs> what would we talk about? The, oh, like, everything
0: would just be in black and white.
1: That's good. Monochrome. It would be a monochrome that's world. That's Yeah. That's Ow!
0: good. Oh, you on my finger on your clippy cloppy shoes. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Well, they
1: yeah. grew up with dogs and they clearly prefer them to their
0: father. Yeah. But what if you didn't?
1: Here's Rebecca Front.
0: I grew up being slightly scared of dogs. I think on the basis that I was slightly scared of everything. Um, so, you know, why not, dogs? <laughs> and uh, one, of, one of my best friends who lived up the road from me had a, an Alsatian. And, of course, Alsatians look a bit scary if you're scared of dogs. I think he was actually a very gentle giant. So they used to sort of put him in the garden whenever I went round to play with my friend, which was very kind of them, but also, of course, reinforced that this was something terrifying that had to be locked behind <laughs> behind the door. So consequently, I never got used to being around him. Um, and yeah, I think, I don't think my parents were scared of dogs. They just weren't doggy people. They just kind of thought they were a bit mucky. And my mum couldn't bear the idea of you know, pick up poo or anything. Um. So, yeah, we didn't grow up with dogs at all. But then I, I first fell in love with the dog when I, when I was about about eight years old. We went to stay with friends who had a Springer Spaniel. And this dog inexplicably fell in love with me and just followed me everywhere. And I just thought he was adorable. So that was my first experience of thinking, oh, actually, this thing is not scary. It's quite cute. Um, and that, but then it, it still, we still didn't get a dog for years after that.
1: It's quite diva that, isn't it? I mean, we all have that a little bit this dog absolutely adored me and followed me around everywhere. So, yeah, <laughs>
0: so it must be a good thing. So I adored it back. <laughs> it was so true, of course. Yeah, why wouldn't you?
1: <laughs> Did you ever think you'd have one in the family? No,
0: no, I, I put it up. Well, for a long time, I said, I'm not, I'm not getting a dog. And it was, I have to say, chiefly that thing of, I don't want to pick up poo. I don't want to walk around with, you know, bags of animal poo in my pocket. Um, so, I put it off for a long time. I had no objection to other people's. I just wasn't interested really and my husband has always loved dogs and then the kids really wanted one again. We had that thing where friends of ours had a, a dog, this beautiful lurcher called Monty and Monty became a sort of almost like a surrogate third child, so whenever we went to stay in Somerset where our friends lived, we were allowed to take Monty out for walks, and Monty sometimes would come and stay in the holiday house with us. So, so, again, that, in a way, almost put us off even more because we thought, well, this is great. Why, why would we need a dog when we've got Monty? Yeah, um, yeah. But it was, I think, indirectly, it was, it was love for Monty that made me think, actually, uh, it would be really nice to have our own dog. Because what started to happen after a few years of taking Monty for walks and letting him stay with us was that we'd drive home from Somerset and I'd be sitting in the car missing him. And that was a real, that was the moment when I thought, oh, hang on. He's got under my skin. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's got to me. I've been turned. You are born again. I am now. Oh my goodness. I'm evangelical because we've had Bailey uh now for just over two years. And he absolutely is, you know. The the apple of my eye. He's completely adorable. He does all those, you know, what you were just saying about Sunset Boulevard. You know, he does does all. He fulfills all those responsibilities in the house because, let's face it, you know, my teenage kids and my husband are not going to bow down and (laughs) pay pay obeisance to me, but Bailey does. I come in after a long day of filming, and Bailey is just—it's like he hasn't seen me for three years. He's so excited to see me it absolutely just lifts your heart. It's wonderful. Are you at
1: the stage that when you meet people, you know, colleagues or whatever, you meet them for the first time, play or film, TV, whatever, you get your phone out and you show them a picture of your dog?
0: Oh, God, yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I don't even have to meet them, Nicky. <laughs> Just You know, just random people in the street. <laughs> Would you like to see a picture of my dog? Um, yeah, totally. I mean, it, honestly, it is like having babies again just you, I'm so obsessed and I just genuinely believe he is the most beautiful dog around um so I so I look at other people's dog pictures and you know I say the right things but basically there's an air of pity I'm just I'm just thinking <laughs> well you know yours is cute but here's Bailey just just take a look at Bailey
1: yeah yeah you know so other people show their dogs and that, that dog is in no way as beautiful as Bailey I feel the same of way about Maxwell I'm thinking not. and you of and course. your point is
0: yeah (laughs) yes and it's not I know it's not meant to be a competition but but of course the thing is that you know you know Maxwell's personality inside out and I know Bailey's personality um so that's the thing is that when you look at the picture you just kind of think oh yeah lovely you know nice nice coloring or whatever but when I look at a picture of Bailey I'm looking at so much more I'm looking at all the kind of you know the, the little games he likes to play and you know his sort of funny little tricks that he does, and the, the angling for food every time I sit down to have a meal, and all of that. There's this wealth of personality.
2: <laughs> I know in the early days,
0: actually, when, when we would take him out for walks, um, if we got complimented yeah. on his recall, because his recall is very, very good and has been very little, I would just swell with pride, even though actually that was all down to Phil, it wasn't down to me at all. Um, but I would be so proud. I remember once taking him on a walk and yelling to him across. Haps a teeth or something, and he came straight back and some random guy walked past me and said, Blimey, that's impressive. I thought, yes, it is. It is impressive, isn't it? Thank you for noticing. I was just so proud.
1: More from Rebecca in just a second. The thing about dogs is that, certainly Maxwell, they have an incredible calming effect, especially when you've got young children in the house, as I have. Twenty-two, twenty, eighteen, and sixteen. Oh, it's the famous door slam. So, I seek him out. My haven of serenity. How you doing, Nice. Eh? Check out that tail. Do you want it tickle? groan of ecstasy have you shown someone a picture of your dog uh, unbidden and you say he's my dog and they're just not in the slightest bit interested and they're thinking why is this person showing me their dog
0: (laughs) yeah and i think the awful thing is that i was that person you know for all those years so i so there's still a little residual memory of, of what it is to look at people's dog pictures and just go, yeah, and you know. And of course, I was always too polite. I would always, I would always say, "Oh, how lovely!" But I sort of didn't know. I didn't know what you're supposed to say. I would, you know, I'd say things like, "What, what, what make is it?" <laughs> so, how did you get uh,
1: Bailey? A rescue, or
0: did you buy him, or what? We, um, Phil, my husband, who, of course, you, you know, um, is a, he doesn't do anything without researching and planning. He's, he's very much, he used to be an executive producer in television. And that basically is his role throughout life. He executive produces our lives. So he executive produced the buying of the dog. Um, we decided that we wanted one and we thought it was best because we'd never had our own dog before. We thought probably a rescue might be a bit of a tall order for a first dog. Um, So we decided we would get a puppy, but then of course we didn't want to do anything that was unethical. And because we wanted a -a cockapoo and they're very much designer dogs, we, again, we just thought, no, we do not want to just get into a whole kind of industrial process here. So Phil researched it for ages and he managed to find this woman who has one, she's not a proper breeder at all. She has one cockapoo who is her pet, who she adores. She wanted one litter from her from Jess, who is her one cockapoo pet. And she's just a lovely, lovely woman. And Jess is a lovely, lovely dog. And he absolutely got it right. We then, you know, we paid lots of visits. We met all the puppies. We got to know them. Um, you know, and we we learned a huge amount from Claire as well about how to look after him and how to, what sort of stuff to feed him. So why him? Why did you choose him? He, you know, you know what they say about when you go to choose a puppy that they choose you. Um, and that absolutely was what it was. We paid we did about three visits to the litter. I think there were nine in the litter. And I was kind we were sort of leaving it up to Tilly particularly who's our, our youngest um, to choose because we felt like she would be spending a lot of time in the early days with whichever one we got. We felt like we wanted a uh, a boy rather than a girl, but that was it really. Um, so after the second visit, we kind of knew which one we wanted. And in fact, it wasn't Bailey, it was just one that, that you know, we thought, oh yeah, he's really cute and he seems to be very easy tempered and he's not too excitable. So we went back the third time just to make absolutely sure and this other one was just really not interested in us, just really aloof, not paying any attention, whereas Bailey was all over Tilly. She just sort of clambered into her lap and gazed up at it. So inevitably, within about half an hour, she said, I, I really want this one. I'm completely in love with this one. So he did choose out.
1: See, when I did my Who Do You Think You Are, uh, which was an adoption Who Do You Think Thank You me. Are, mum very movingly, she said at the end of it, we were so lucky to have you and it really was meant to be. Oh. And I feel that about Maxwell as well. I feel like he's a my adopted son.
0: Yes. Did you did you get him as a puppy or was he a rescue or what yeah,
1: we did the same thing as you and I think next mm. time I'm getting a lot of guilt trip from a lot of people to to get a mm. to get a rescue next time. And I see totally the logic of that. Um, because there are loads of dogs that Yeah, you
0: know, I, I think we would Next time, I think we would. and I think it, But I think it was the right decision for us first time not to, particularly because I had this sort of checkered history of being a bit scared of them and a bit unsure and um, not a great disciplinarian and all of that stuff. And I think Phil just thought, quite rightly, it would be better if we had a dog that we could kind of mould to us rather than having to deal with lots of other issues that might come mm, up.
1: Yeah, yeah, I've come around to that. But we had puppies here because we have the West Highland Terriers, the Mother Misty who's an extraordinary character. Only only doggy people will understand that phrase. Right. She's an extraordinary character. Yeah, no, I get multi-dimensional it. Multi-dimensional and complex. Mm. <laughs> and people who don't like dogs, say, what? Yeah. <laughs> but she really, really is. We decided to have a litter with her. Um, we had beautiful puppies, and it was a joyous experience for the family. The girls were a bit younger then. Well, it was six years ago. Mm. And... um. When she went to the breeder, who was uh, we did the research, we did fill type top level executive producer research on it, yeah. and she went to the breeder. We did the chemical test, the set to see when she was uh, most um, uh, chemically receptive, mm. and we went along. and Tina dropped him off at the breeder, and she was driving away, and the, the, the breeder rang at dot. Yeah, the breeder rang her fifteen minutes down the motorway and said, "They've done it." <laughs> <laughs> and, they've done it and she was terribly enthusiastic
0: (laughs) it's just mad isn't it (laughs) in what other walk of life would that be a thing
1: (laughs) i'm so inspired rebecca hearing your your story of of coming to dogs after initially being, being reticent, Yeah, no, I, I, I a I converted
0: soul. I've totally turned into, do you remember those French and Saunders characters who used to wear sort of yes. A-line tweed skirts? <laughs> sort of, we'd always kind of, you know, be, be sewing up their own wounds because, because they didn't have time to go to hospital because who would feed the dogs? Um, I've turned into that woman. It's quite terrifying how it's happened. Finally, are we talking dog on the bed at night? Uh, occasionally, we try to be a bit restrictive about that so um, because actually we, I don't sleep brilliantly when he's on the bed it's lovely but he tends to want to lie on top of my ankles which then means that I just can't I can't move in the middle of the night and I get a bit claustrophobic and slightly overheated so it's not ideal so he sleeps with us probably about once every 10 days or something he comes upstairs and he's always incredibly excited absolutely
1: about when I sleep with Maxwell we're in the spare room but I find it very therapeutic because they're so good for the mental health and I just when I'm a bit um, not quite right. Just, just to have him beside me. Yes. Is he up on the sofa?
0: Oh God, yes.
1: Yeah, has been from pretty well day one. We said he wouldn't be, but he would be. I can't understand people who say, "Oh no, no, never up on the sofa."
0: I know, I know. No, cause he's got to be next to me when I'm watching telly. He just has to be. I can't relax and concentrate otherwise. Um. But I would just on your thing about mental health. Actually, just it's interesting you mentioned that because actually we originally said. Yes, he would be allowed on the sofa, but he wouldn't be allowed on our bed. Um, You know, and he had a perfectly good cage thing to sleep in when he was a puppy. And then we got him a lovely dog bed and blah, blah, blah. So we were quite determined he wasn't going to be on our bed. And then actually the first time he ever came up to our room was because I was going through a bit of an anxiety thing and I was having a panic attack. And Phil went downstairs and I thought, what well, I assumed he'd gone down to make me a cup of tea or something. He came back up with Bailey and put Bailey on the bed and immediately I started to calm down. Yeah. When you're
1: picking up poo, which was one of your your big, well, the things that you're reticent
0: about. It's fine. Yeah. And the first time you do it, you think, Ugh, I suppose I better do this now. And yeah. then after that, you don't think anything of it. Absolutely fine. But
1: you wouldn't pick up another dog, a stranger
0: dog, would you? No, it's funny that because actually I did by mistake a couple of weeks ago. We were on a walk, and I bent up <laughs> that. until he said, um, "Mom, I don't. Want to, I hate to tell you this, but Bailey's is over there." And I did. Yeah, I found myself. I mean, it's in a poo bag. You know, it's not like I'm holding but it, still. But I did. So sort of go. Aww. Oh, oh, that's disgusting. Isn't that weird? I know it's so odd. Just as
1: long as you don't put it in a bag and hang it from a tree branch, head. On desk. What is that about? Mm. Good boy, you love it. Cheers, Maxwell. Thank you so much to you for listening and to Rebecca Front and Will Greenwood, our converts, and to them, goodbye and may your dog go with you. On the next edition of One of the Family, Making the Case for Cats, animal champion Ricky Gervais.